we have to start back from the beginning. So that's going to be something different. So praise God. You know what? It, we are in a blessed place because um, we have been connecting with a couple churches. And even through the um, construction and real estate firm, we have been able to. I wanted to put this where everybody can see this. Everybody can see this. Um, it's amazing how we are walking in a time where we actually get to help people usher in the glory of God. You know, and this morning when I was teaching to the um, real estate agents, they actually brought some people from the church, from the church, Emmanuel. I met Karen. Um, no, she had long hair, but she was short. Karen, she works the desk in the back. Karen, because she said she knew you and stuff like that. But they brought the whole team here because it's the first time they've learned how to praise God, but they really never learned how to worship him and bring in the glory, that column that comes down. And so, and this is awesome. I mean, for me, I just went to the Episcopal Church. I didn't know anything different, right? But they have been, I met Karen today, and this is a testimony. She told me she has been waiting for the manifestation for 15 years. Because I guess that's how long that, that ministry, she's been with that ministry. But the, the pastors that were there were not the original pastors. And she says, I've been waiting for that for 15. Now, isn't that amazing waiting for that for 15 years? So then when I was teaching this morning, I had reminded them that when the Lord's Prayer says kingdom, power, and glory, you might as well write kingdom plus power equals glory. <laughs> when you look at the three, because you have to recognize the kingdom of God is within you. Then you have to realize the power of his word. And then when the two start working, you're able to manifest the glory. So they found this poster of the worship chart so interesting, especially now after Robin has been at this ministry and truly has helped bring them in. So we're going to talk about the victory that is in our praise and worship. And, you know, in fact, this kind of hit me on something. It's important to know that no matter what the outcome of the circumstances, we always have the victory in our praise and worship. Because we don't know everything God is doing and why he's doing it. And um, there is a victory that we experience in this worship. I wanted to find something here. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, this goes in the same thing. This is awesome. You know, it is awesome when we read in Timothy about how when we die, we shall live. You know what I mean? And then what was the other one? If we endure... We will reign. Okay, this goes into me. This has to do with the text on you. He said, how's your day? I said, good, how's your day? He said, victory. <laughs> right? Okay. Well, there is a word, you know, and I don't have the verse written down here, but it's in Corinthians, and it says about what is the mystery of the final victory. The final, the final victory of what we experience is a mystery to us. And the Lord kept teaching me on the words, corruptible and incorruptible. And he kept showing me there's a mystery in how the incorruptible, how the, in, the incorruptible stems out of the corrupt. Now, that's pretty, now, just to let you know, incorruptible means honest, honorable, good, everlasting, not subject to death. It's enduring. It's not susceptible to corruption. And you know what? How do we know? How do we know that something's incorruptible? It, la it is everlasting, right? But then corruption, this is the definition of that, dishonest conduct by those in power, double-dealing, mind, double-minded, a presentation of fraud, 
something that's not, it's, it has death on it. The process by which something, typically a word or expression, changed from the original is changed from its original use or meaning. That is what corruption is, is when something, because everything, God created everything, so he created the truth of everything. Our final victory is really coming to when we touch the incorruptible, when we know what the real truth of the mystery is and the purpose. And so this has been on me now for, I don't have the date on this. This was a while ago when Jean had texted me that one word, and then I opened up, and it said the final victor, the final mystery of the victory. You know what I mean? It's knowing that process. Well, you know, when I gave my testimony about Rachel getting the car, the part that was most interesting to me is two people, not in him, not in him, not in, they're not worshiping, they're not praising God, they're not entering in, right? That before they said, we're going to give you a car, the, it, the corruption that came out in the car swirled and swirled and swirled and it lifted up. But what landed was the truth, was that what was God's plan. We are like, I don't know why I'm saying this. We're going to get you a car. <laughs> but yet all this other through a dirty filter. Why do we worship God? We worship God because, right, we want the victory, correct? But we have to worship so the filter can be clean. So there's a filter cleaning that happens so that the true incorrupt truth merges out of the lie that we were already taught. So if you think about it, if we had, you know, in your car, when you press the little button and the little drink thing comes out and it's like a disc, right? Or when you go to the vacuum cleaner, my vacuum cleaner right now, I have a little button. I press the filter comes out, right? I'm supposed to hose it down. I'm supposed to hose it down. <laughs> I'm supposed to clean the filter. Now, to, I am the worst of the vacuum cleaner. I, I might as well buy a new vacuum cleaner before I have to clean it out. And I'm a clean person, Right. But Rachel gets on to me about it. But the little filter thing, we don't realize if we were to maintain, 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 if we were to maintain the order of the function of something like a vacuum cleaner, if I were to take my little filter out, rinse it out every so often, empty the little bag, I wouldn't have burnouts, right? <laughs> Does everybody know what I'm talking about with vacuum cleaner? How many people have not cleaned their filter in a vacuum cleaner? Please join me in this. I have not cleaned my filter. <laughs> now, of course, I can see that, of course, Sheila cleans her filter. Okay. Oh, you have the, um, the rainbow. The rainbow. Ah, and I used to have the rainbow, but that got passed over in the divorce. That's still alive. That, <laughs> that is the best vacuum cleaner, the rainbow system. I am. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. It kept me on. It's too easy not to clean. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So, but if you think about it, we have in our soul, okay, a lot of corruption. And you know what? We don't, it's not because we were, we're open to receive it. It just means we, that is just what we've taken in to believe. All right. And this is one thing that the Lord has been showing me that, which I already knew, kind of understood this. He created all the truth. Satan comes in and does what? Makes the truth into a lie. But he says, if we're willing to die, we shall what? live and that means that incorruptible everlasting truth will emerge out of the wrong now isn't that awesome how that works so this ministry is a ministry that has truly taught the truth of worship and so in this now the truth the true the incorruptible the everlasting plan that god has for your life starts to emerge and everybody in here has experienced that to a measure 
Now, that doesn't mean that what doesn't start happening? The swirling, the swirling, the filter needs to be cleaned, the development of that. So the victory is the mystery in the worship because it brings out what the real truth, the everlasting truth is. Isn't that awesome? When you think about it, there is a real truth that we can come to and we know that it's steadfast, we know it's consistent, and we know it always remains. So put up Psalms 103.19, 103.19. Man, if some of these verses we just meditate on and we just say, I believe, you know, and know that it is the truth, that, I mean, if you believe it and you speak it, then it has to be. All right, it says the Lord has established his throne in the heaven and his kingdom rules what? Over all. Okay, right there lays a foundation of understanding that the Lord has established his throne in the heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Now, we are carriers of the kingdom. Where is the kingdom? It's in us. It's the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God is already in us. We already carry the full truth with us. We carry the full truth, the guaranteed truth of your life. Isn't that amazing to know that? But if you don't tap, learn how to tap into it, well, then you walk hat carrying the truth, but not living the truth. Okay. Living what everybody else wants you to live, where else you're wanting to go. God will send you right where you need to be. So we have to believe that the Lord has established his throne in the heaven and his king, bottom line, it rules over all. And that's the hardest thing for people to overcome is to first believe that he actually established all this. You get people debating and debating and debating, but the awesome thing is everybody has the ability to receive the spirit of truth. And that's the beautiful part. A born and Christian knows that, but somebody who's on an outside, an outsider can't receive the kingdom. They don't know, but they have a time. Isaiah 66, one says, it backs it up, Isaiah 66, one. Isaiah 66.1 says, Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where is the house that Chris will build for me? Right? And where, man, ever since I texted that to you in worship in the middle of the night, that's, it's like always stuck for me, Chris, in there, right? So where is that house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? You know what? I love the story of Haggai. It was a time where a prophet, he saw all these people they actually were redeemed. These are people that got redeemed and God blessed them. And then you know what they did with their blessing? They had the opportunity to build the temple of God. All right. Because God says, now I've blessed you. You have enough to build the temple of God. But what they started to build their own houses. And they said, and we'll do that later. How many times have God, has God came to us? Because why? He knows our plan. He knows where he needs us to be. But we kind of start building our what? Our own house, which means it doesn't mean a physical house. It means we just start building the, our own life, what we think we're supposed to be doing. And how do we usually do that? We usually step right off the platform of our natural gifts. I loved it when Jean taught that last night. We do have natural gifts that God has given to us that works no matter what. They are irrevocable. But we platform ourselves off and we start building what we think he has for us. And you know what? Well, I love it. If you really commit yourself to God and you recognize that he is the one in charge, he does ask us. I love that teaching last night. Anytime God has ever moved me in something, 
even when I really didn't even understand what I was doing, I've always heard a voice ask me, what do you want? Where, you know, or ask me, it'll show me something and it'll ask me and I have to say yes or I have to say no or I repeat the words where it says, where is the house that you will build me and where is the place of my rest? You're being what? Asked. I love it. Through the word, there are so many question marks. And you know, did you ever read it without the question mark? And then I laugh at myself. That was a question. (laughs) That was a question. What does a question do? It causes us to commit to something. A question causes you to actually come into agreement with something. And you know what? In real estate, do you know a verbal agreement is as equal as a written agreement? But now you take that to court and guess how much it doesn't really fly? It doesn't fly at all. But guess what happens in the spirit of the Lord? It sticks. (laughs) Your verbal commitment You know, if you look up the word, we all have an inner sound. And when our inner sound connects to what he has asked us to do, okay, you're committed, you know. And even though you don't understand the commitment, he says, he asks you, where is that house? And where is that place of my rest? He's trying to say to you, if you'll do this, build this house with me, then I'm going to make this inner rest. I'm going to dwell in you. And your life will feel, you'll receive the peace. Go to Psalms 148, 13. You know, I remember when I started really believing and knowing that this word was real. And so now, because I know it's real, when I read those type of things, it makes my stomach shake. You know what I mean? Because you know it's so real that you want to make sure people, our job is to help everybody get closer to building their house, to letting it be a resting place for him, for a place for him to dwell. It says, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted His glory is above the earth and heaven. So the Lord is telling us that when we praise the name of the Lord, for his name is alone exalted. You know, if you ever feel down and you are in a lonely spot and you just don't know what to do, all you have to do is praise his name. And it does. Something lifts off you. You feel that lift. You could be in the worst feeling about something, but you know, no matter what, his name is greater. On Tuesday morning, I experienced a spiritual attack. It was crazy. I felt a ball hit me and I sat up and I went, whoa, I felt swirling around my head. But you know what? I knew all I had to do was what? Say his name. You know what I mean? Sometimes we sit in that longer than we're supposed to. I remember one time I had a spiritual attack. I sat in it way longer than I was supposed to. I finally fell on the ground. I said, stop it in the name of Jesus. And you know what? It it was gone that fast. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, but you know what? Our voice, when we praise, and the tone from our inner, this connection that we have with heaven, and when it connects with him and he hears the belief behind the word. So when I say, I exalt the name of Jesus, I believe it. So there's a measure we hear within everybody's voice of what their belief is. You can tell where anybody is in the spirit by listening to them. You know, you know, you feel the confidence of Christ within them. And what they know Uh, where I started and where I am now, that confidence has grown. And I know that that name is above all names. So when you don't know what to praise, you just praise him. His glory is above the earth and the heaven. That's how great it is. Go to Psalms 104. So this is first telling us that we need to praise him. All right. And if you look at this first position here, this is us saved, born again. But as we start praising him, we're trying to break into that third heaven. There's the first heaven on earth. 
the second heaven and the third heaven. And you know, it's awesome. It can be confusing to hit the second heaven. I mean, the second heaven, the devil comes like a light. He comes looking just like what you're supposed to experience in the first heaven. But it's not real. It's not real. So Psalms 104 says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. This word is telling you exactly what to do when you're about to enter the gate. Jesus came, he died, and he was resurrected. We just don't teach Jesus. The word tells us that we're to teach the resurrection. This isn't just, we have to teach that Jesus came, but the most important thing, he was actually resurrected, that everything God promised came to pass for him. So we enter in his gates with thanksgiving that he actually died and was resurrected. So we have to enter into that. We enter into his courts. When you enter into the temple, you entered into a gate, but then you were on the court before you entered in the Holy of Holy. So then when we enter in his courts, now it says we enter in with thanksgiving, knowing what Jesus has done for us. Now we have to do when we're in his courts, praise his name. All right. We praise his name. That's how we enter into the holy place. We are to be thankful to him and bless his name. We are to bless his name. John, I think it's 1426. It's kind of a mince print on this. So we are so blessed that when we are learning how to enter in, that we recognize that there is a helper that helps us. And that is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is the kingdom of God that's resting in you. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. I like that. When we accept Christ in your heart, you have just opened up the regenerated spirit of the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. That is so true. I love that because once my spirit was regenerated and was wide open, that's all I wanted to do was go home and read the word. In fact, I told people today when they come in and if they're hearing the word, the thing that and it's you know, it's God speaking through a teacher or through somebody. Then you run home and you do what study you do. I don't know how you can't because you want to learn the truth. There's something in us that has to the truth has to be watered. The truth has to be fed. So he will teach you all things and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. You know what? The more I have grown in this and I ask God, because, you know, sometimes we make promises we don't remember. <laughs> or sometimes he kind of shows you something and you really don't remember. You know what I mean? But when you really press on him for it, for me, he always shows me the vision. He'll re-show me the vision again. And he's like, I haven't changed. He doesn't change. We change. Because we're starting to figure things out. So I love that. He brings all things to your remembrance that I said to you. So that means there's already a relationship that you've had. And he's told you things. You just can't remember him, Mimi, right? You just Because we don't, we don't remember him as we go along. As we start growing in him. He'll start dropping things. And Mimi, you're going to be like, I know that. Why do I know that? That is true. I've got to do that. You know what I mean? And so that's time in him and worshiping him. So Mimi, tell me this. So we enter his gates with what? What was one of the answers? Right. We praise him, but we also do what? We thank him. Right. Okay. I'm helping her because when she goes home tonight to worship and she lays her thinking, what do I do? Thank him. All right. Great. Okay. Then what's the next thing I do? Okay. Yep. Praise him. 
right? And then what's the next thing I do, right? You have to think like that. Because when I learned that little trick to keep thanking him, because that spirit, you can feel it. I laid in bed and I was like, I'm going to thank him until I feel it rise in me. <laughs> and that's how aggressive I got. I really did. And when I felt it, I was like, like that was real. All right. So, and I'm very overzealous about that fact. Every time I teach this, I feel the same feeling because it's real. And when we can really connect with the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit in you, then you know. All right. So it says, Psalm 67, 5. And you know, these verses, I know a lot, you guys know these verses, but now how are you helping somebody? How are you helping somebody? When we're standing here on the first heaven, we've got to break through this second heaven. Well, this is, it's telling us the order and it says the Holy Spirit will help us do that. Psalm 67, 5 says, let the people's, peoples, I like that. Peoples with what? S. You know, there's a verse in Romans that says, until you become born again, you're people. Outside of that, there's no people. <laughs> but he says, it is, it's in Romans. I taught, when I saw that, I thought that was really cool. Because you're not a people. A people is a body. You know, it's a group. So we become what? People. I like that. It's a cool word, people. All right. So let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. So what, as we, we come in unity, we come in body with one mind, one thought, one direction, which is exalting his name. So we're wanting to do what? Praise and lift up the name of Jesus. As we do that, the Holy Spirit, when we're this young in it, when we're this growing, the Holy Spirit is what's helping us get through all the other stuff that we're thinking about. Our grades, our parents, you know, school, who we like, who we don't like. I'm thinking school age. I'm working totally on Mimi right now. Like, Mimi, what do you think about the day? You know what I mean? When school lets out, right? Or like I have a paper due in a week. I mean, think about elementary, I mean, high school, how that was, right? We would say, how many would say, I'd never want to go back to high school. Now I'd love to go back to high school. <laughs> I would love to do a paper. I would love to learn about history. I would love to go back and do college again. You know what I mean? Like, isn't it sad that I paid the money to go to college? I worked for that money. I didn't do as good as I should have, you know? I mean, I did okay. But you know what I'm saying? We don't appreciate sometimes certain places that we are because we just haven't learned to appreciate. You know, I was reading the most important thing. I read this today, not in the word. I just read an article, a real estate article that somebody sent me that one of the best things that we can do that we don't do anymore is to thank somebody. How often do we really thank somebody? And it was just, it was an article encouraging that in business, how many times do we really have the gratitude of thanking a person? You know, that's what we do in worship. You know, we should be writing thank you notes every day to Jesus. That's what I need to tell Mamie. That's awesome because Mamie loves writing thank you notes, doesn't she? I read two of her thank you notes. She's a good thank you writer. And so when we enter in, he wants to know that we care. No, I'm thinking about this because you know what? When people start worship, they have a hard time breaking in. So I'll tell you the secret that Jean helped me because I'd listen to the music and it was great and I kept thinking I'd rather read. You know what I mean? Because I knew how to do that. And then I started listening to the worship and he said to me that one thing that you can do to start connecting with God is do something that you would do for somebody you're in love with. All right? So the first thing that came to my mind when he asked me is, I love making coffee for the guy I was living with. And I like to bring it to him. And I was so excited. I was like a puppy every morning with a, a cup of coffee. So 
that, I, that was my way of showing my appreciation. Like that was how I showed appreciation. Well, now I still do that. And you know what Rachel did this morning? She actually poured the first cup of coffee and did not give it to Jesus. I had to give her, she started drinking coffee. I know. So now I said to her today, I did, this is cute. I said, Rachel, the first cup of coffee goes to Jesus. She goes, he won't mind today. And I said, you're right. He might not mind today, but I said, the first cup of coffee goes to Jesus. I sit the same mug as there every day. You know what I mean? And I don't dump out the coffee till the next morning, till the next morning. But if you think about it, we have to enter in with a thanksgiving. Like who in here likes to receive a thank you note? Who doesn't like to receive a thank you note? So when you receive it, you're knowing somebody took that time to write you that note. And that's how it is when we're praising and pressing in. We're actually thanking him and entering into that understanding. So that's how we praise and we let him know that he's appreciated. I love the coffee because now I love that first cup. You know what I mean? And so there, I've had moments where in the morning where I want to start pouring another cup and I'm like, okay, no, his cup first. So that's how I know he's become first in my life because he gets the first of everything. All right, Psalms 67.6 says, I think this is right. That was 67.5, right? Okay. It says, then the earth shall yield her increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. You know, have you ever put somebody first in your life and then you felt so blessed in what you got in return from them? You ever put somebody first? Have you ever done that yet? Okay, you're going to try that this week. Put him first. Every morning when you get up and you thank him and then watch how he will bless you. And it won't be a blessing that you would even, it's not even something that you would expect. But the word tries to tell us that there is an increase in the earth that will yield a harvest. There will be an increase because of your time and put in praise. So praise God. When we enter in, we have to get through our thinking, the things. But if we keep pressing in, our spirit helps us to actually start communicating with them. And we're not thinking about anything. We actually lose that sight of what's going on in our day what's going on in our world, what we have to accomplish today. And sometimes you can get so into it, you don't want to go anywhere for the day because you're so in that zone. I love these promises that he keeps showing us. Hebrews 2.11. All right, this is where it's important. We've been talking about sanctification in this house. To really press in, Jesus comes and sanctifies the house. So he says, who will come build me a house? The moment you start speaking into the atmosphere. It says, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. All right, if we choose to enter in and praise and we surrender ourselves to be sanctified by Jesus, he says, I'm going to come now and I'm going to sanctify you so you can enter into a deeper place with me. All right, and in the sanctification, he starts removing the things that are not of him. So in this ministry, it's very common that people have a hard time pressing into worship. They'll start one day, they'll start the second day, they'll start the third day, and they're not feeling what? Anything. All right, Mamie texted me today. Lee, it's a couple days. I'm not feeling anything. I said, Mamie, now I remember Robin. Robin, this is so cute. Here, all the things I used to think 
everybody we help tells me the same thing that I used to think. So I already know how it goes. <laughs> and then I know the outcome. So even when Robin lived with me, Robin would hear me worshiping and she'd sit out in my room at the bar and she would be like, I just like reading my Bible. I was like, yeah, I've been there, right? Like, liked reading the Bible. She didn't even get into worship until she left my house because sometimes she had to, she had to be sanctified in her own environment to get into that. And so she came in one day after a couple months and said, hey, I'm leaving. I'm getting my own place. It was now time for her. She received enough now to her to go do what? Build her house with the Lord. And he was going to sanctify her. And it is a challenge for all of us. There isn't any of us that doesn't go through the challenge. That's why it was so cute with Mamie. When Mamie, I said, Mamie, come up with something that you're going to thank him and love him and do first for him every day. And you will break through. Because it says for both, there's the key word, he who sanctifies, which is Jesus, and those who are being sanctified are all one. What is that saying? That means when you start praise and worshiping and you connect with your time of sanctification, that means you and Jesus are becoming what? One. That is the first step. Before the Father comes in to dwell, Jesus now has to become one with you and you feel these things leaving you because he's sanctifying you. You feel the burning. Gene always says, when he's up here praising, when he starts feeling the burning, he knows who's entered in. Jesus. All right. Jesus has come in to sanctify the room. When we learned about worship years ago, it was during a time when we started the glory nights. We had little sessions building up to the first glory night. And one thing is, is you, we do have to invite Jesus in. We invite the Holy Spirit in. You have to invite Jesus to come in and sanctify what? The house. Because that's how we all become one we actually become one. And he says, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brothers. He is not ashamed of us. He is, as we press in and get through all of our thoughts with the help of the Holy Spirit. Now, when it's time to enter into that sanctification time, he says, you are my brothers. You are my sisters. We become one in him. And so it's a beautiful, I love this. This is the time when the corruption starts getting burnt out. I like it. His love is a consuming fire. Man, when I first got that, you just like, okay, burn me up, right? Because in that moment, he is purifying. Our body is, our body, our body is what? Is it corruptible or incorruptible? Yeah, it's corruptible, right? But the incorruptible lives in us. So we actually are a living seed within life, within ourselves. All right. And that's why when I was taking the spiritual tack, I was wrestling there. I know Gene laughed at me at this when I told him. I was like, I was like, look, I know my body is incorruptible. And, you know, I mean, I said this to Jesus, but I said, but the greater one is in me than I am in this world. So you're in charge of me and I believe in you and this has got to be done. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden what happened? The, the, the incorruptible comes out of the corrupt. It was awesome. It started pushing out the darkness. That's what I love about these visions. That little light is pressing out the darkness. It's so beautiful. But you've got to recognize Jesus has to come and sanctify the house and become one with you. See, and that's the hard part. We can sing a song. We can sing two songs. And come on, in the beginning, you were dancing to your little flesh songs. You're getting out your what? that little energy of your flesh. And then you have to let him come in and you know he is. You start sweating. 
You're, even when I start teaching, I have moments when I'm teaching and all of a sudden I feel the, who has felt the burn up here, right? Okay, because while you're teaching, he's actually working out of you because he doesn't want you up here teaching anything that's not him. He wants it to be purely him. And you could be thinking on one zone and then all of a sudden you get on another zone and it becomes an everlasting pure word for the people. And you don't even know how it happened because it wasn't on your docket. You know what I mean? It wasn't what you had orchestrated. That's what people mean when they come up here and teach. Well, I didn't teach anything that was on the paper. Well, why? You taught what was coming from the inside out. All right. And the interesting thing is here, this second heaven, I talked about this today. This second heaven is full of forces. When we hear this word supernatural, I get excited about this. I looked that word up the other day. I don't know what made me look it up. And you know what it said? It said it was a force. Okay. Forces of darkness, (laughs) forces of mystic, forces of all these things, right? I started getting worried, right? And then I read the thing. It says, okay, it's a force connected to a God. It could be our God, right? Or it can be all the other gods. Well, then I started reading more. And then you've heard the verses in the, in the supernatural realm, in the second heaven, there are angels and there are demons. All right. When the enemy sees that you're becoming one and sanctified with Jesus. And I'll tell you, get this in ourself. Okay. The word tongue means a note or a sound. Within ourself, there is a sound of God. And when we start getting sanctified, Jesus, that sound starts to connect with the third heaven. When the enemy sees that, that sound, okay, it's not even a word. It's a sound of thanksgiving. It's a sound of praise. It's a sound of your belief behind. Then now what starts happening? The war is on. The forces of the angels and the forces of what? Darkness. Okay. And God created both of them. He created the angels and the darkness. In fact, angels, the dark angels are the fallen ones who didn't want to do their assignment. All right. So you have to think about this. When you're about to get to one, because where's Jesus? He's up there in the throne. When you start getting there, that's when the forces come in. So anything that's in your filter, any dirt that's in your filter, now connects with the dark force. And then think about this. Anything that's built up in your spirit now connects what with the angels. So think about this. We actually can, we can increase the temperature of the war in the second heaven. Okay. When we start speaking, when we start speaking corruption, when we start speaking the corruption that's in our filter, we've just increased the war. We've increased the intensity. So think about this. You are breaking in. Jesus is sanctifying the house, right? He's cleaning your filter. Now you have these supernatural forces. What's their job? To di- not to get you to connect to God's presence. Because when the presence comes down, then he start, he's molding you. He's forming you. Christ is being formed in, in a greater measure. He starts dwelling in you. So can you see this? Can you see how this goes? So when I was visualizing this when I looked up the word supernatural. But our filter... As much as the word is in our soul, Jesus is what? He's the only thing that can soothe our soul, his word. So we are speaking his word, which is incorruptible. All right. We are increasing the help of our angels. But if we keep speaking what's not of him, then we are, we are intensifying that war for us to break through. 
when somebody breaks through the first time, it feels like a narrow place because you're speaking two things all the time because you don't know, because we don't know. We do, we perish for lack of knowledge. So when I think of myself entering in, I think of myself speaking out God's prayers, his words, whatever comes into me, if it's just singing or a song, but I know when the sound within me, I know when it hits the sound of heaven. I can feel it. And it's not something, time can go by and I don't even know the time has gone by, but I know I've hit something. And how do you know? Nothing else can enter your mind during that time. All the dark forces can't enter in. So the more we grow and the more we go through this process, and look at this, the more it really gets into your soul, into the head, and you will become one with Christ, well, then it becomes easier. It gets easier to get to that third heaven because you don't have the attacks. You know, I like it. I do think that there are certain dark spirits that say, well, I'm not going to give up on Lee. <laughs> I need to find something. Let me go jump on Ray or, you know, Rachel or the dog or something in the house because it knows I'm not going to connect in with it. And when I do connect, that means I have to ask myself, okay, what, what is Jesus? I'm, not, I'm obviously not at one with him on this topic or I don't understand this topic. So we have to think about it. The victory is in us breaking through. When it says victory in praise and worship, that the victory is our walking out what we're supposed to do, him bringing back something to your remembrance. So after he sanctifies the house and now the father can come down because you've entered into a deep, that sound enters into that deep worship. Then he starts showing you things. I tell this all the time. If, if I know it, because when he shows me something, there's such a explosion on the inside. But then when I experience something on the outside, but nothing on the inside's happening, well, then I already know that's an outside force. That's not God. But if I feel the inside bellowing up and then boom, he brings something back to my remembrance. He shows me something or he shows me something new or he gives me instruction or I've been asking about something and I get the answer. And I can know, I know, I know that that is incorruptible. Even though it doesn't make sense, even though what I'm about to do doesn't make sense, but I know it. And then you know what he does? He increases a measure of faith in you to actually go through it, to actually do it. And that's where we he, fear is the worst thing that tries to break through this process. So if you visually think about that as I'm singing through, Wita, right? You got like two, that's why you have to close your eyes because they're so ugly. <laughs> I joke because they are ugly, but it's cool. So we have to know he, we, he is trying to become one with us. John 4.23, John 4.23. All right, isn't this cool? I love teaching these lessons. I got these charts down. They are so fun when you really start getting into it. It, it. I mean, because you want everybody to experience it. The first time I got through, it was like a narrow space. And I told you, I heard the angels fell off my bed. I love telling people that story. I was so excited to come into Jean. <gasps> I got it, I got it, I got through. It is a narrow place. It really is a narrow place. <laughs> like, I didn't even know the word perfectly. But once I got it, now it's like, okay, it's okay if it's a narrow place. But if you can help somebody press through, Mamie is going to get through that narrow place. She is going to come in here crazy. I love it. It says, by but the hour is coming. And it now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such a worshiper. To such to worship him. 
All right, we're supposed to get into worship where we're worshiping him. It's not about, we actually are doing it because we love worshiping him. It's not because of anything else or even receiving anything else. Anytime I've ever received something, it's not because at that time I was pushing to ask for it. I was just having a great time. And then all of a sudden, the presence, I sat back and then, right? That's how fast it happened. And then I hear the voice speaking to me. And I've had times where I said, oh, I'll remember that. I'll remember that. And then I didn't remember it. And I wished I would have written it down. Okay, that's why he says sleep with a, I heard, it was, I think Dean who told me, sleep with a piece of paper and pen. And it was awesome the first time I heard him speak to me. And even now, when I hear him speak, now I get it. I sit up. You know what I mean? I listen, because sometimes he wakes you up. If, if you are a worshiper, if you are a true worshiper in spirit and in truth, you don't have to worship so hard for worship to be happening. The worship becomes constant. You know you've hit a place. I like it. Narrow. Right? And then it starts getting a little wider because he's sanctifying you. But then here, it starts to get what? Wider. The flow, the column comes down. And it's so much easier. Now, I like this verse because it says, the hour is coming and now and now is. So I like that because it is a time, I believe, because the way the Lord has shown me kingdom, power, glory, that we are really entering a time that every generation has to continue telling the gospel. Every generation has to continue telling the good news. But then there hits a point where every generation has something new to open up. It has something new to experience. When I heard Karen say, I've been looking for that manifestation for, she's read about it, but I've been looking about it for 15 years. Well, it actually probably was already there. It's just, they didn't know how to manifest it. They didn't know how to be a true worshiper. Somebody who did worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And I like it. In Ephesians, it says, what is in spirit? It says, enter in with psalms and singing and praising and thanking him and becoming as one. Man, when I saw that scripture, that really hit it. And in truth is, it's got to be from, it's got to be from the Holy Spirit, who is the truth. So our worship has to be pressing from the inside out, you know, and that's when I kind of got into that song. I always knew this melody always kept coming out of me and I really didn't even know it, but I always felt like I could float right up with it. And then when I read that verse that he actually is worshiping through me at that time, God already knows how he wants to worship through each and every one of us so that he can get us to that point. For the Father is seeking such to worship it, just to worship him. Man, can we do that every day? Just worship him. Man, think about that. If, if we knew, Gene was teaching this last night, if we just got up and just happily worshiped him every morning, we, we would get our manna for the day. We would get our assignment. We would get whatever we needed to press out. And then I love that. The word that says, there is one who supplies seed to the sower. One. And the one in the word is capital. So that means who's the one who supplies seed to the sower? Jesus. So when Jesus supplies us what we need because we've worshiped him, now what we have to say has breath. It has volume. It can affect anybody that's set out for that day. God already has it appointed. Go to John. I think this is 424. Everything is in spirit. It says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit truth. Now that's backing it up. That means true worship is going to be in spirit 
true worship is going to be from the, it's going to be the truth of the Holy Spirit working through you. Go to Zechariah 2.13. This is awesome because it's so true. When you hit that point where now you are in full spirit and in truth, the presence of God can rest on you. It says, be silent, all flesh, before the Lord, for he is aroused from his holy habitation. I love this verse because you actually hit a point where there is nothing else you can do but be still. I mean, it's so buzzing that you, he is, he is putting you into ceasing all movements. You are not thinking anything. He says, be, be silent. He arrests you and you have to be silent. I love the verse where it says, when we're all in part and when all the parts come together, there's a wholeness. When it is whole, there is no prophecy. There is no tongue. There is nothing. He says, what? Be silent, all flesh. We should be, when we're in here worshiping, we have to hit that point where there is what? Silence. Because we should be arrested at that point before the Lord. So that means Jesus already came and sanctified the house. God comes down and he puts the presence on you. For he now, he, I like this, he is aroused. He is aroused from his spot. And now he's going to come and commune with you because you've gotten to him. So now we have actually aroused him. It says, draw closer to me and I'll draw closer to you. That was amazing to me. When we think about this, how do you know? We worship and then what do we do? Go get a shower and go out. We never get to the point where we'd be silent. All right, I didn't learn the silent. I remember the first time. It was on a Saturday and it was cool. I was pressing in. I was worshiping. I felt my body just go, and I just fell back. I fell back. I laid there. I felt like I got the best massage. <laughs> he was aroused from his holy habitation, and he gave me a massage. I was done, and it was all day. It was like 4 o'clock. I had to get ready for ministry, and I was just starting to come here. I was just getting into this flow. Man, it took me 30 minutes. Get a shower, change, boom. I was here, and it was like, Wow, that is some serious energy, right? So think about this. We don't need to go to a day spa. We don't need to sign up for that. We just need to get into some serious worship. I am telling you, he does something with the flesh. I like it. He actually changes this corruption and the incorruptible life starts coming through this. My skin looks better. My inside spirit, my breath, to me smells awesome. <laughs> Don't ask Rachel. I could come 10 feet away and Rachel already says, Mom, you know, from when, she, from when she was little. But I think that's interesting. You watch people's countenance change because there are things in you that are becoming purified. And so now the true incorruption, the everlasting part of you is now taking over. It, we really shouldn't be sick. Now it does say that, uh, and this is why, oh, the verse that says, that is this sickness unto death? It, he asks us, is this, so when you get sick, what's the first thing, this is what the Lord showed me. If I'm starting to feel sick, what's the first thing I do? Is this sickness unto death? I'm asking. Because his word says to ask, right? So I ask, and then I always hear, no, right? I hear a little soft voice. All right, so then the next part of it says, well, then it is for the what? Glory of the Lord. If there is any sickness that we experience, it is to be overcome with him. When you become one, 
He sanctifies your body. The best thing to do if you start feeling sickness, start worshiping. Let him come and sanctify. Trust me, whatever's in you is going to burn out of you. <laughs> it's going to burn out. It can't, it does not have legal access unless you keep holding on to it. I've done that. I have laid, I, now this is, this is such a testimony. When I would get attacks and it was when I was really worship. I mean, I definitely see the enemy sees when you're getting into this rotation. And I got, you know, this happened to me where I got hit and it's stabbing. It like stabs. It stabs. It's got little knives, right? So I can't focus. So what's the thing? First thing I don't want to do worship. I don't want to hear my voice. I don't want to hear my voice. Okay. so then I got this. I've got to press through. So I put the earphones on and I would always go to the Terry Mac 13. Anytime I get a worship, anytime I get a spiritual attack, I, everybody knows that order, track one through 13. It's the kingdom life survival worship kit for an attack. I'm telling you. Well, the first time, guess what started happening as I started worshiping? Even though I wasn't singing, I was listening to anointed voice. Well, the burning of my sickness or the attack would get worse. The stabbing would get worse. I couldn't, you can't look at anything. You can't, have we been there? You can't look at anything. You can't do anything. So I remembered the first time I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep pleading the blood of Jesus. I'm going to just go and keep exalting his name. And I did that and I just threw up. It was awesome. (laughs) I mean, I had one day where this, I had an attack where I threw up. I went back in the living room. I was like, oh, I know this is going to get better. I was like, okay, I feel better. And then I still felt part of the attack, right? Huh? I know you get excited, but you know what the worst thing is? As you're pleading the blood, as you're pleading the blood, you feel it getting worse. And you're like, do I want to put myself through this? Because <laughs> you can actually sit there and just take it. You can sit there and take it. But are you willing to let yourself press through it? I mean, that's where you have to recognize it. It has to leave. If, you be- if the belief in your core matches the word you're saying, man, that just says how fast you'll go through that. And so the worship when he sees that you're going to worship him and press through, you do arouse him from the holy habitation. And that means he's going to take care of something, whether it's a sickness, whether it's a demonic thought trying to attack you. Those things have to flee. Go to Psalms 68.1. And what time is it, guys? Six? Six or nine. Okay, we're going to be, we're almost, that's good. Psalms 68.1. All right. It says, let God arise. Let his enemies be what? Scattered. Let those also who hate him flee before him. I mean, that is awesome. So you are laying there. Okay, remember the hymn is in you. The hymn is in you. And you are laying there. All right. And you now, when you hit that point and God now is arising It doesn't make a difference what's going on. Everything has to scatter. It cannot stay. Let those who hate him flee before him. When I got this, I was like, all right, I don't want any words spoken in my house. There is no TV. There is, I'm playing worship music all the time. You come into my room, it feels peaceful. In fact, if if there's anything on me, it's because it came from me somewhere else. (laughs) And it's funny because I vacuum my carpet. I know when Rachel's in my room. (laughs) You're supposed to laugh at that. That's funny. Because I don't want anybody in my atmosphere. This is so funny. Christopher, I broke my ankle. Chris drove me home the first time. Chris was so afraid to come in my room. <laughs> Chris came in. He was like this, holding me. 
Okay, he plopped me on the bed and left. <laughs> no kidding. I am telling you. He Remember that? You're like, I don't even know what to do in here. I, he didn't even know what to do in my room. He felt the difference when he came in my room. He did. He just plopped me. And I couldn't tell you, I couldn't maneuver myself. I slept. And I wasn't about to wake up Rachel because it was the night Rachel was a wreck, right? So I figured, I'm just laying here. So that's how I slept. I slept in my clothes. But man, Chris was like this, looking around. Like, you know what I mean? Remember that? You're like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was so funny. But you know, we have that ability to create that holy habitation in our own home. I like it. Sheila's going to have no invaders now. There is nothing. Her house is going to become, I was sitting in there in her, in her house. I was like, She's playing all the music 24-7 because nobody's telling her to stop it. I was like, whoa. She was like, I see teaching happening in the living room. I was like, yeah, let me know when you want to help. We're going to do this. You could feel that there's going to be her atmosphere was already put in order. That's the beautiful thing. Sheila already had a home in order. Now there's going to be a measure of the presence of his. He is going to rise and he's going to actually, there's going to be a protection over that house. It's going to be used for his glory. All right. Deuteronomy 33, 27. I think it's awesome. I, I had to really learn that. You have to pick a place that's not tainted by anybody else. You have to make that. For me, it is my bedroom. But for everybody, you can have your own. Gene's got his war room now. Man, you, you do. You open that war room door. Yes. <laughs> there is no waiting time. You just take a seat. <laughs> Let the, the uh, he's arisen yeah, I even know what's the word that he doesn't leave, right? So anyway, it is awesome. But if we establish that place, we actually can step in. I liked it when the Lord showed me that visual, that one teaching the Saturday where we're in the Holy of Holies. But then the veil lifts and you actually get into what? The Holy of Holies, not the Holy Place, the Holy of Holies. You can keep that atmosphere going. Hey, they carried the ark around. Okay, we are a carrier of the ark. But we can also establish a place in the physical. Look what happens here. I mean, even real estate worship. We don't even have to press in so hard. Right, Charlena? And we had people laying right here today. You know what I mean? Charlene is still in it. And she did a lot of worship today. She worshiped for real estate too. So she's, in the, she's totally in it. It says, the eternal God is your refuge. That's, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will thrust out the enemy from before you and will say, destroy. You know what's amazing? Our, our, we do not war with flesh and blood. We war just by worshiping him. Man, when I got that, there is no reason to argue about anything. Whatever's supposed to be gets taken care of in spirit. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be the outcome you want, but it's going to be his outcome. And that means he's always got something in there to protect. So when we know that something's changing in our lives, man, you have to stay in worship into such a level because when you get hit with what's happening, man, it takes worship to be able to handle some of the stuff, what you're going to, what you're going to deal. But in that he is actually around you saying, destroy, destroying all the wrong forces, dark forces. I love that. When the Lord gave me that visual, he said, I created angels and I created demons. That is the supernatural force. So which are you going to yield to? You know what I mean? People need to know 
that they recognize that they can actually invite in that force. But if you stay in him and you hit that place of habitation, then he's already working everything around you. So it can be destroyed what wasn't of him. I mean, right? Think about it, Chris. Everything that he has taken away from you. No, think about it. Everything that you have, you have truly let go and he's taken away. He has actually moved. Now he can move in what's God. But he can't do that before because you actually have to surrender and allow yourself to do what? Worship. Praise and enter into worship. Sometimes we fight onto things too much. It says Psalms 91.1. It says he who, everybody knows this, he who dwells in the secret place, the presence of God, of the Most High, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now, this is awesome. What Shadow, when you think of a shadow, right? That's a cool place, right? I mean, in the summertime, you want to get into the what? Shadow of a tree, right? Because, it, right, it shades you. Well, when I was growing, and one of the things, I'll never forget this, I had somebody who wrote me an email because they knew the Lee before and the Lee after. And they actually said to me, stop hiding behind Christ. Take it like a woman. <laughs> you know I mean? And then I actually remember, the, oh, I remember feeling that burn. Like, yeah, take it like a woman, right? But no, I think I'm supposed to hide behind Christ. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when we're in him, what I'm trying to say is, if you're in him and he, you actually enter into the secret place and he is dwelling with you, then he is doing what? Protecting you. He's putting in you a place of shade a place where he can protect you. So it's okay that there are times that we, are, we hide in him because he's in us. So he is the true us. Go to Psalms 46.10, and we have two more. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. Exclamation point. <laughs> Okay, so it's already done. And that's what, you know, when I was laying there the other day, I remember telling that, hey, it's already done. Jesus already wins. I mean, okay, How, if you already know you're on the winning team and all you have to do is worship, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> there is no other words. Exodus 14, 13 says, I like that. This says, be still. Exodus says, do what? Stand still. Because God knows us so well, we're going to go off and go do our own thing. It's Exodus 14, 13, 14, 13. He now not just tells us to be still. He tells us to stand still. I love it. He's got to plant our little feet so they don't go ahead of us. And that's not it. It says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. It is. And Moses said, it's just written different. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. So there is a place where we're in the Egypt. And that's not a place we're ever going to see again because he's already told us to stand still. Exodus 14, 40, the next verse says, it reminds us, 14, 14, I'll just read. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. So when the Lord starts fighting for you, don't start complaining about what, what's happening. Don't complain about the outcome. Don't, 
that is when I was trying to tell you, when you, when you are working this, the moment you start fighting with God and you don't hold your peace, you've just invited the second heaven, you, the darker forces to come in and cause you more havoc. Because all you say to them is, I don't believe him. <laughs> That's what they hear. They don't care what you're saying. All they hear is, she doesn't believe him. I love it. I said that to Carrie today. Yep, when he hears, he, you're just saying you don't believe him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, now we are born to want to express. We're already created to express. But the moment we start recognizing that we start, we don't keep our feet standing still. We don't realize he's fighting for us. We are, and we don't hold the peace. And when does he give you that peace? In the holy habitation. When he arises, he gives you a great peace. When you step out and go into your day job, right? You can't go out and then do the opposite. You can't do that. Because what happens is you lose your peace. And now you've just, the enemy, like I said, no matter what you do, you, he, all he saw was you're giving me access. And the last verse, Exodus 33, 14, says, my presence will go with you and I will give you what? Rest. I love that. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Worship is such an important key to our development and understanding and bringing in the glory into our lives because the glory is receiving the promises of God. The glory is carrying the presence of God. And the glory is used to draw others to him. All right. And the one thing that I find so amazing is the word already tells us he takes care of all of our need. And you've actually got to learn to believe that word. And he puts you through that test. But then the next thing he actually says, he, as much as our soul will prosper, what will we will prosper. So we actually prosper in our health. We prosper in wealth. We prosper in all the other things as long as what's prospering our soul because God wants you to put you in the plan of God which opens up the truth and so then what you're really called to do becomes your incorruptible self we actually become incorruptible beings even though we're in a corruptible body now the Lord has this to me so I mean there's I have so much written on this because it is the true mystery of the victory when Rachel started telling me about what happened with her in the car when she started telling me about this I could feel the swirl and then boom when she told me the outcome I was amazed because who was still in charge? Him. And one of the things that Rachel did in that moment where she activated and stuck with God, they were telling her to quit her job, go get a loan, go do this. They were screaming at her. She sat there and took it. And Rachel said it was so hard for her to take it. And she wanted to say, I'm never asking you guys to do anything for me. Like that's how she felt. But she kept taking it and kept taking it. But she said, the only word she said is, God showed me I was to be a real estate agent. God told me not to go to college. God tells me not to get in debt. And that was the only thing she said in the, in the swirling. So she spoke what God brought to her remembrance. This girl was going to go to school. So you have to think about it. It's not about if Rachel deserved a car or not. It was about a blessing that God was moving. And I always say partly for my sanity, right? Okay. <laughs> But also to prove to Rachel when she, she said something in her made her stay firm on what God showed her. Even though you can get really trapped when people are pressuring you. You need to do this. You need to do this. You need, hey, how many times have we been there? But when she stood firm, she actually allowed now God to change the whole chaos into his plan for her life. You know what I mean? Into his order. 
And so the Lord was showing me alignment, alignment. I talked about it today. And Jean sent me this scripture, which was really awesome. If we can get this alignment of worship, if we get this alignment, things start falling into place. And I like it. It says, the Lord, it says, for the Lord God is a son. Okay, the sun is what? The sun is the largest. It's like so large. Carrie even told me it was like 290 some thousand plant earth planets can be in the sun. So it says the Lord for the Lord God is a son. That's he's powerful, right? He is all powerful and he is also a shield. That means he protects the Lord will give grace and glory. So, you know, in the glory is his graces. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. All right, well, then the next thing I did, I looked up the word uprightly. And uprightly means to stand perpendicular. Perpendicular is an alignment. And I like it. He tells us to look only unto him. So if you can stand uprightly and look up to him and don't look horizontally, the word says, the kingdom of God is not by observation. Mm. I remember the first time I recognized that. That means we're not to be sitting and creating kingdom life out of any other ministry. We can't because he's creating it. So it's not going to be like everything else. He said the kingdom of God is not by observation. We have to walk. We have to be in such worship in this ministry to get the right alignment for the right move of God because he says then he's going to what? He's going to be, it's a sun. He's going to be a shield. He is going to, I like it, no good thing will he withhold from those who are upright. So man, think about this. If we can get everybody to worship him just because they want to worship him, do you know what will happen? His plan will fall into place. Nothing that we've, it will be nothing that we have observed. And that's where that alignment's got to get. We got to believe that he's got a plan. And if you're connected to it, you don't have to worry about anything. There is nothing to worry about, but he's going to, I love it. It says in the word, I build a little bit by a little bit, by a little bit, by a little bit. And I like this. In John, it says, first is the first grace, which is the grace of salvation. When he comes and gives you that unmerited favor when you don't deserve it, right? And then, then it comes different graces, levels of grace upon grace is what the word says. So we are building grace upon grace. And we're not doing it by observing what everybody else is doing. All we're doing is pressing into worship. If, I, if God is arising in me, and God is arising in Mimi, and God is arising in Charlena, and God is arising in each and every single one of us, now, wow, what can he do? There is nothing that can stop his glory. There is nothing that can stop the breath from sweeping through the people for whatever he has caused it to do, which is ultimately to draw them to where we're at. I mean, it's so powerful that the word, it was so beautiful because it was amazing how I just heard alignment, 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 even in a car. If your alignment's not right, what happens to your steering, your steering wheel? Right, it's shaky. Okay, but you go get what? The alignment. Man, our alignment is every morning in worship. Our alignment is at night. If you worship at night, it doesn't make a difference what time you worship, as long as you are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. And then he aligns things. And I like it. Every time I really get into a flow, we have seasons. I get into high flows and medium flows. And, but when I'm in my high flow, it is like, what just happened? Because that's how you feel. And I wasn't trying to do anything that I saw. I was only trying to do whatever flowed. 
We become flowing. It flows out. So praise God. Everybody motivated to worship? Mimi, don't you want to go worship? Okay, good. Hey, that's all it is. That's what I'm saying. This is awesome. All right, I get excited. Well, I think it's awesome because I'm believing more. What the Lord's working in me is believing more in um, this whole thing with the incorruptible self. You have to, it takes a lot for your mind to realize the power of God that he wants to build in each and every one of us. And then when he, it's like a build up and he builds it up for a time of release. But what does the enemy want to come do? Steal, kill and destroy what you just built up and have you funnel it in right to the enemy. And we've all made that mistake where it's built up and we feel it and then we just let it right go. And it, and it, and, and something dies. But, you know, that's the awesome part because he keeps showing me if this is him and he's pulling out, it's like the tares and the wheat. You know what I mean? When God is building his kingdom, right, there's going to be a harvest. Well, in the harvest, what comes up first? The tares, because there are other seeds that kind of get planted along the way. And then it says you have to let the reapers, you can't pull them out because you might do what? Rip, rip, rip out the wheat. You have to let the time for the burning to come. Think about it. It's just like that in worship. If you allow the burning of the corruptible self to happen, well, then he does put that state of that beautiful being that he's going to use you to accomplish something. It was awesome. Jean came in on Monday, and you knew this man came out of the worship room because I have moments where I see things, you know, and Gene came, he told me something, and he turned around, and we turned around. First, I breathed it in. <laughs> you can breathe in the glory. I breathed it in, and I turned around like this and looked at him, and there was like this whole white cast on following him. And I was like, wow, I wanted to hug him. <laughs> but he had to go into a meeting. But I was amazed at there is something comes out. It's amazing how he presses out that. And he's building it for a time. Isn't that awesome? You know, if you really think about it, it is so awesome how the, it's so beautiful. Like we really do become a sense of, we really can have that experience of that incorruptible power that he wants to bring glory to a person or to a, a assembly or to a business. He wants to do it. So everybody needs to worship. All right, let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we love you with our whole heart, our soul, and our body. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your order in showing us the way. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who came to sanctify us, soul, body, spirit, to bring us in alignment with you. So, Lord, we honor you. We exalt your name, and we thank you for all that you do for us. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.